0: A parents got a bunch of goals for respect, for love, for kids to use kind words, for peace and quiet around here. And with those goals in mind, parents do the discipline that they do. But we'd like to suggest that while that's an important goal, it's not the most important goal for parents to be thinking about how should their kids behave. Well, that's Jim Jackson, and you're going to hear more from him and his wife Lynn today on Focus on the Family about what the most important goal is when it comes to disciplining your children. Your host is Focus president and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller.
1: Uh, John, we all want to raise uh, respectful, dutiful, wonderful, maybe should I say perfect kids. Uh, (laughs) But when they misbehave, we can often feel confused or feel like the formula is not working. And that is so true within Christian homes particularly because we want to follow the rules. We want to do things correctly so that we get the right outcome. And sometimes that's hard in parenting because these little tots are born with temperaments of their own, which we can't always manage. So if you're in that spot or you're the grandparent uh, and you're observing this, man, lean in today because this program is going to help you um, Do a better job, I believe, in your parenting role. Uh, Discipline is hard, but we're going to give you some tools today, I think, to make it easier.
0: And as I said, Jim and Lynn Jackson are our guests, and uh, they lead parenting workshops around the world. They've got three grown children and live in (laughs) Minnesota, and together they've co-authored the
1: book Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart. Let me start here. Um, you know, like I said in the setup, uh, children are born with their own temperament and their own personalities. And any parent that has more than one child sees that their children are different. If you have two kids, like we do, they're quite different. If you have three or four, very different. If you have six, John, like yourself, they're very all different. different. So there's this thing between nature or God and what he imprints on a child, and then the nurture aspect of it. And I think as parents, we tend to want to overestimate the nurture aspect, and we tend to underestimate these little temperaments that uh, are there already. A strong-willed child might be an example, right? all the way to the compliant child. They seem to come out of the womb that way, right? Compliant. Compliant.
0: They come out compliant for, for the first, maybe not even right for first for, hour. For the first hour, sometimes <laughs> sometimes they cry. Our, our one of our children made a mess all over me and all over everything. Not compliant from the, from the word <laughs> go. So she was sending <laughs> you a message right now. And uh, you know, I want to reflect just a little bit on what you said, Jim, about. How parents tend to want their kids to behave. They want their kids to be respectful. They want them to do well. And they put a lot of focus and energy on that, especially in Christian homes. We're taught in the church to raise obedient, respectful, faith-filled children, and that's what we want. And so we make a goal in our methods, in our efforts, and in a lot of the things that we read uh, to try to figure out what is that formula to get my child to do what I want them to do. And we think that's the wrong question.
2: A, a better starting question isn't, what should I do to manage this behavior, but what's going on? What's going on in my heart? What's going on in the heart of my child? Because those are the things that really determine the end result of the discipline. Mm-hmm. So if I have a lot of you know, negative self-perceptions about myself as a parent, or I have judgments about my child... Um, to unpack that and understand it really can be a huge change in our discipline interactions because if I have judgments about my child, they will subtly manifest in my nonverbals, my choice of words, my facial expressions, my tone of voice, and then those messages communicate to my child
1: giving give us an example of what that sounds like what that feels like both from the parent standpoint and the child standpoint
0: Um, we talked about this a little bit and we thought it would be really fun to do a role play with you guys Um, not to just say what it looks like but to show what that might look like because as parents armed with this goal of getting kids to behave um, we've watched you know, hundreds, probably thousands of parents over the years do this. So we're going to do a role play right now. Great. John can be my younger brother. Well, <laughs> so so this, could get really, this could get really messy really fast, um, but that's real life, right? Um, and so uh, y- you say, I mean, you kind of started to set this up already. You guys want to be siblings. And, and, <laughs> I've always wanted to it be it natural. It's, it does seem natural. So, yeah. so older sibling, younger sibling. Uh, how old are you, Jim? well I'm uh, 55. He's actually older. Uh, than in I think your role I think in play. our
1: role play, in <laughs> your role play. Oh. Okay. Wait, a we're a not minute. doing older brother siblings. Why don't we do a
0: hypothetical of, you know, 16 and 14 or something like that, Jim? <laughs> hey John, why aren't you
1: paying mom and dad's bills? <laughs> 16 oh, and 14. It's younger, okay. 16 and 14, or 16 14 we younger. Good... We could
0: go we could go sort of teen and preteen. How about okay, if we go just like a little younger? Wherever you'd like to take base. us, we're willing so to go. So 13 and 10? Sure. Okay, Sounds so uh, what kind of things... I think I want to be the 10-year-old all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, what when Jim's inner child comes out, how old does that look? <laughs> <laughs> don't answer that. <laughs> He's speechless. Go ahead and lay it out for us. So so, uh, so 13 years old, 10 years old. Got it. Uh, what kinds of things do 13 years old and 10 years old squabble about? Uh, you know, John, get out of here. I don't want
1: to play with you. I'm too old for that now. I'm not going to play, you know, G.I. Joe with you anymore.
0: Where? That's, okay, so, so. I think he'd be more upset so, if I took stuff. So, John his stuff. would like older brother to play with him. 13 yeah. year old is on to more sophisticated things like mm-hmm. m- maybe a smartphone or a computer game or something right. like I'm that. I'm far more mature than my younger and, okay, brother. Okay, so, yeah. so. And here's the thing so I'll be dad and y- you're mom. Okay. That makes sense, right?
2: <laughs> that makes sense. I can do that one. I'm going to so, sneak your so, phone, by the way. So,
0: um, mom generally is dealing with this before I get home from work. And so, she's going to start dealing with this. Uh, and I'm going to come home from work. And we're just going to see what that l- looks like. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about how this is pretty, I th- I, we're going to do this in a way that we think is fairly typical of what we've seen parents do or heard parents report. So I'm going to back out for just a little bit. And then I'll I'll enter the room and and ready, set, role play. Okay. Come on, Jim. Just play for a few minutes. You know what? If you don't you?
1: stop it, John, I'm going to put you in the laundry basket and put the blue in the suitcase. That is not okay. That, that is not okay. Your to be
2: threatening Mom, I mean, your your me, Mom. He wants well, you me to can play be more respectful than that. I just that. want
0: him to play with me, Mom. I well, just want him to play, GI Joe. The door is opening, Mom, and you hear Dad older. coming.
2: Uh-oh. And and that means Uh-oh. you need to be more respectful as being the <laughs> older child. That is not acceptable. He's a jerk. He's just being a jerk. No name calling. Honey, I'll handle this. I will handle
0: this. You boys need to know for the umpteenth time this is not okay. We've talked about this. We've grounded you, Jim, many times said, for the way not that you my treat fault. you it's deserve his fault. it. All. Don't you tell me fault. that it is not your fault.
1: I mean he's pestering you, you, me.
0: You you're subtle and he knows how to get your goat and you let him get your goat. Now you go to your room. Unplug Why that I electronic be stuff. He's going to get his too. I'm going to talk to fault. him about it. You stop it right now, young man, or you're going to lose that computer game for the week. Do you understand? For a me? week. Do you oh, understand that sounds really fair, Dad. All right, go on to your room now. We'll <sighs> talk about this later. Okay. Go on, John. You. I need didn't to, do anything. John, you need to know you have an older brother who's in his need- phone all the time, and he ignores me all the all right, time. Do you need Dad. to go to your room for a break too before no, any of this? I don't time. have any reason to. <laughs> he sounds
1: like a very mature ten-year-old. <laughs> I've got no logical reason to go to my room, Father. <laughs> He's like Spock. Okay, so I mean, we could
0: go on and on and on, right? Because this is sort of this is sort of what what this we is hear too close to home for a lot of us. Yeah. So, so here's the question. There's a bunch of questions. Lynn's question starts out saying, "What's going on here?" it's, it's a really important question. Well, Lynn
1: sounded kind of intense for mom, but I don't know. Was that uh, where you wanted to be?
2: Oh, I You're was. Trying in, to get I was intense as a mom.
0: Yeah, you want everything and to until calm I down learned, a little
2: bit. L- yeah. Till I learn some wiser ways.
0: <laughs> yeah, so earlier Lynn talked about what's going on is an important question for us to think about. And so let's do that a little bit by a little bit. So let's, let's first go to, to Lynn's goals. When she intervened with this, what was she trying to do? What was important to her? If you boys would learn... Straighten out the problem. S- stop the argument. St- okay, so if you boys would learn just what it is that she wants you to learn at times like this, based on what she said, what she did, uh, what would it be? Treat each other respectfully. Mm-hmm. So, so respect. So mom wants respect. What else? Love. Love
1: each other. In this family, we love each other. So you better love yes. each yep. other.
2: That's right. <laughs> Doggone it. Not that Use that nice
1: <laughs> words. Uh, treat yeah. each other
0: kindly. Use nice words. Treat each other kindly. Um, so, And then I came in. And uh, a subtle bum, thing bum, happened bum. before I even started talking with you guys. But when you think about what it was to be me, what do I want the people in this situation to be learning, to be growing in, to, to be embracing as values. I want peace in this house. I want peace in this house. Who's that about? It's about me.
2: Well, that's about me, the dad. <laughs> so it's that, important yeah. to acknowledge
0: that that's going on. And I've got, I could tell you the story of the day I came home and my kids were arguing not too uh, at about the same age and not too differently than what you said. And what I did was what I did. I mean, the reason that I am able to do this is because there's a default in me that gets this way as a dad. And I said to my kids, you stop arguing. I just came home. I had a hard day. And I didn't say it in these words, but essentially what I was communicating to my kids was, this is all about me. I deserve to come home to a peaceful home and be able to go get my snack and sit in the easy chair for a few minutes and And chill watch out. the news and watch the news. Yeah, it sounds and, reasonable. And What's you the problem? kids need to not be in my <laughs> I mean, Where am I right? missing it? Jake? So it's important for me to acknowledge that that's going on. Well, in our family, in that story, um, I had acknowledged that, that sometimes I get selfish, and I get big, and I get demanding in ways that aren't helpful. And we had taught our kids the kind of parents we want to be, the kind of messages we wanted them to be learning. And so when I did that, my oldest son just looked at me and said, Dad, you didn't connect first.
2: ouch (laughs) you are that man and
0: and he and he was he was right so i mean when you think about the list of things that parents want to get done and and the what's going on that lynn referred to is a parent's got a bunch of goals for respect for love for kids to use kind words for peace and quiet around here and with those goals in mind parents do the discipline that they do but we'd like to suggest that while that's an important goal, it's not the most important goal for parents to be thinking about. How should their kids behave?
1: Okay, now that prompts two questions in my mind. One is okay, what's the most important goal then?
2: The most important goal is to really be thoughtful about the messages you want to communicate to the child kind of those you are blank messages that you want to communicate to them in the midst of the misbehavior
1: like you are frustrating me
2: <laughs> well that's is what is
1: that what you want is them is <laughs> to you, you want them to get from I you know. that's what I mean it's pretty self evident right we yeah, so
0: <laughs> we don't want to. so so here's the question And this is really the question that our materials attempts to answer. What are the messages parents want their kids to come to believe is true about them? Because out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouths flow, our kids will behave based on what they believe is true about them, not based on what they've conditioned to do. Because we can condition kids really well in our midst. But if they're conditioned well in our midst, and then they go out here into the world, um, they're not conditioned well there, and something else emerges.
1: Well, and this is the problem that we're having with our young people, right? They're walking mm-hmm. away from the faith when they go off to college, record whatever. Numbers, yeah, record right. numbers. Yeah. But the second question to follow up, you started to
0: lean in that direction. How should it be handled then? Well, how mm-hmm. should it be handled is a different question than what beliefs do I want my child to embrace? Okay.
1: So, so you have these two so, things so, flowing. So
0: we're going to lay a framework out and then invite you as our children to, <laughs> to interact with this just a little bit. The framework is uh, a framework of four messages that we've sort of determined. I mean, there could be all kinds of them. If we look to God's Word, Ephesians uh, chapters 1 and 2, just in those chapters where Paul is about to address the church for some behavioral sorts of things, he, he lets them know who they are. And he basically says 27 different you are messages to their kids. Well, that's too many for parents to remember, so we narrowed a list to four. And the four are this. You're safe with me because God's at work in me. I'm a work of grace, too. Um, You're love, no matter what. You're God's workmanship. You're called, you're capable to do the good works God prepared in advance that you would do them. And you're responsible. God can't be mocked. You reap what you sow. So what what our work is all about is helping parents make this shift from going after getting kids to behave as the primary goal to going after how kids believe Mm -hmm. as the primary goal.
2: A okay. succinct way to say that is simply we shift from, managing beha- from a primary focus of managing behavior to a primary focus of mentoring belief. And from those healthy, helpful, God-given beliefs about ourselves, then kids learn to manage their own behavior and walk in wisdom.
1: Mm-hmm. Let me hear those four
0: again, Jim, because some people are driving down the highway yeah, right. and they're yeah. going, oh, that was good, so but do I don't super remember. Super succinct. Uh, message number one, you are safe with me. Message number two, you are loved no matter what. Message number three, you're called and capable. Message number four, you're responsible. Uh, let's take those four components then back up to the story yeah. and apply them. Uh, well, so here's what I'm going to ask you. you. So I'm going to give you you 13 and 10-year-old kids. Uh, here's We're going to have a conversation right now. Uh, boys, honey, um, and, you know, Lynn would participate in this. We would have talked about it. We decided that as parents, we've been working way too hard to manage your lives. Well, that's for sure, Dad. <laughs> well, it's yeah. easy for you that's to say amen you're just on sitting that in one. your room on your phone all know what, all buddy? Day long, Jim. Uh, you, 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 and I know that you've known that for a while now, probably. And it's getting at you, isn't it? <laughs> it has been for And I a bet while. you wish that it would be different.
1: Yeah, I wish you'd treat me a little, little older like I am. Yeah. Much older than John.
0: Yeah, I want to. I want to hear more about that in a bit but before I do I want to I want to tell you that we've decided there's four things we want you guys to to know are true about you that we believe are true about you we blow it sometimes we don't act this way but here they are you're you we want you to know you're safe with us you're emotionally safe you're physically safe we're never gonna hurt you you're you're physically we're never gonna hurt you even spiritually or emotionally we don't want to we may do that but we want you to know we're gonna work toward being safe Um, message number two we want to make sure you know and start believing better from us is that you're love, no matter what, when you guys, when I came home the other day and you were bickering the way you bickered, I'll bet you if I'd have asked you at that moment, do you think mom and I love you the way you want to feel loved by us? You would have said no way, right? Yeah. If you loved us, you wouldn't let him run over me all the yeah, time. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> So, or him pester me. Yeah, so we, got, we have some work to do to figure out how to, how to do this new way. And then we know that you're capable of figuring this out. We've watched you. In fact, I probably treat you, mom treats you like most of the time you're failures at getting along. But you know what? When we think about it and when we look at it, most of the time you're not failures. You do great. You're capable of this, and we just want to help you get more and more capable. And then when things go haywire, sometimes we get in the middle of your fights, and then we become part of your fight. Well, it's your fight. You're responsible for it, not us. And so we want to help you figure out how to take more responsibility for yourself, John, when you feel that way. And more, more responsibility to grow old the way you want to, Jim. Mm.
2: You
1: talk in the book about um, baggage and keeping your kids safe from the parents' yeah. baggage. Um, what do you mean by that? I mean, I think you're hinting at it, but let's be more specific. <laughs> what baggage do parents bring into the parenting role?
2: There's a lot of baggage that we have that's mostly in the form of beliefs about ourselves or our children. So, for example, we have a very intense oldest son named Daniel. And when I would get into conflicts with him early on, I had this almost like a loop tape in my head just playing over and over when, when we would start to get into a conflict that was basically it was the statement, I am an angry mom raising an angry child. And when he gets to be a teenager, it's going to be horrible. So you can just feel how that preset in my mind would increase my anger, my anxiety, my desire to control him before that all became a reality. And God convicted me out of the verse in Ephesians that talks about speaking the truth in love. And it was like, Lynn, you are not speaking the truth in love to yourself about yourself and Daniel. So I really had to think it through and pray about it because I couldn't just go, oh, we get along great because we didn't. We were angry a lot. And so, as I thought about it and prayed about it, I realized I'm an intense mom, raising an intense child, and we butt heads, but we love each other, and That was so much more true. that was a hundred percent true. The rest that the previous one had been sort of a a toxic lie that was coated with a little bit of truth and about my identity and his identity. And so when I shifted in that perspective, I could set down my baggage, I could go into sibling conflict without a judgment of, "Oh, he's at it again, picking on his little sister," And I could mm-hmm. go in with beliefs of Lords. We're the opportunity here to build the skills and values that my kids are going to need throughout life.
1: Jim and Lynn, let's get into the nitty-gritty. We've done a pretty good job, I think, so far. But you talked about anger, Lynn. And a lot of parents listening right now can connect with that Mm -hmm. because their buttons get pushed and their mirror cells Mm -hmm. uh, start uh, reflecting what they feel they're getting from their parents. It's an easy trap to get into where you begin arguing with your parent, when you begin arguing with your children, <laughs> and, uh, you know. He's, he's in the role play still. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and so um, how for that angry parent, when it flashes so quickly now, mm-hmm. because this has been years in the making, mm-hmm. it happened at seven, it's happened at nine, it's now 11, maybe they're 13 and seven years of this buildup where this is a continual fight, mm-hmm. how does that parent like you experience, how do you back up and say, okay, we got we to gotta redirect this. But the change starts with me, the parent, mm-hmm. yeah. not sure. the child. And yep. we as parents, I think, continue to want the child to change first right. so that we don't have to change our mirror cells, as you <laughs> described. Yeah. Let's change yours first because that'll be easier for me.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. So often parents, they want that outward behavior, but And if that's my goal, then my child is instantly in charge because I'm looking for a specific behavior and they can just go, nope, not going to do it. But if I have a goal about myself, I want to be a wise parent and to really help my child learn something productive from this, I'm in much more control of that goal. And anger is really about a blocked goal. So if my child just says, no, I'm not going to behave, then that will instantly kick in my anger. But if I have a goal. To bring build skills and values to communicate unconditional love, to help my child take responsibility for th- resolving their conflicts, those are goals that i can am in much more control of, and my anger naturally subsides
1: uh, Lynn, you talk about your perfectionism being part mm-hmm. of it, and again i f- I feel moms in the audience going that's me, that perfectionism. How did perfectionism play into your um, script when it came to parenting?
2: Oh, I really had a. I, it started with me. It felt sort of like God, you know, um, was, He'd given me the Holy Spirit. And so I should have all the fruits of the Spirit all the time in relating to my kids. And so I was just frequently feeling like God was discouraged with me. Um, and so I struggled in in loving myself when I struggled as a parent. So when I began to really understand grace for myself, Mm -hmm. then I was much more able to give it to my kids Mm. Um, and to set aside that perfectionism of we all have to get it perfect because that's the pressure.
1: And that's the formula. Mm
2: -hmm. I
1: wanna be perfect because I wanna follow Christ. You're my yep. child. Mm-hmm. I want to be a perfect parent. Therefore, the evidence of my perfectness will be you're perfect. Yes. And then God goes to work on you. <laughs> right. And I
2: can remember one of the most dysfunctional thoughts I ever had was um, I remember looking at Daniel and thinking, You are the three dimensional representation of my failure as a parent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what yeah. a terrible thought, you know. And at least I was aware it's like, Oh, Lord, take that and transform it because that. That was so gut level, but that was where I was at. Yeah. And, we...
1: and I appreciate that transparency. I want to bring in the work of the Spirit of God into yeah. this right mm-hmm. here because I think you know we focus on our Christian faith and yep. in our relationship with yep. Christ. So how did God work in your heart to begin to reshape your parenting ability so that you honored him? I mean, oftentimes we're going to put our own formula in there. We're going to feel mm-hmm. we're honoring Lord, when we are as perfect as possible and our kids are behaving Mm -hmm. as perfect as possible. I'm not so sure that's what God is
2: expecting. Oh, no. He's expecting faith, you know, where we hold on to his hand through the ups and downs of life and the the messes and the mud and just to be crying out to him in that time in faith.
1: And that's good for your children to see. It's
2: really good for your children Mm -hmm. to see. I was coaching a mom who was really struggling with her her kind of pr- actually about the ages of the guys you just role-played. <laughs> um And she was trying to micromanage everything, and she was a perfectionist, and she was getting all anxious. And so then we took out a note card in the coaching session, and um she wrote down, okay, what's true about you? And she wrote down some true beliefs about herself as a parent that the Lord had spoken to her. And I said, okay, flip it over and put some true beliefs about your boys on the backside. And so she did that. And then <clears throat> um, I saw her. Later for another coaching session, I said, how's it going? she 's really good. I stuck the card in my in the bathroom. And so when I'd start to argue with the boys, I'd go, just a minute, guys, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> She'd go to the bathroom. <laughs> good strategy. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually the guys asked, Mom, why do you keep going to the bathroom when we're having a conflict? <laughs> so she took them down the hall and showed them the card. And <clears throat> they got a glimpse into true spiritual transformation mm-hmm. of Bringing the truth of Jesus about us into the nitty-gritty messes of family life. Mm. I happened to run into her about five years ago, and she had so much joy in her and in her parenting and her relationships with her boys.
1: And the kids are probably doing a lot better.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: And that's a good practical approach. And in the book, you talk about slow, low, and listen. Mm -hmm. And we are out of time today, but I want to come back next time and talk about that concept of slow, low, and listen. Before we sign off, uh, that parent that's been listening intently saying, wow, I've been messing up. Uh, This hasn't been what I've done. This isn't the path I've pursued. What can they do uh, listening just for the last half hour? What's one thing they could do today differently when they encounter their kids tonight?
0: As it relates to these first two messages, you're safe and you're loved no matter what, this idea of safety means that I have to figure out God's love for me apart from how it's going outside. So parents do that in all sorts of different ways. Take some moments to maybe look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love you, as a reflection of God's love for you. But then just find a way, simple as it might be, to make an expression of love to your kids in a way that lets them know, in spite of all the messes that are happening, you're still with them. Well, your kids do need to know that you love them. Again, the book titled Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for listening. I'm John Fuller.
3: Lynn Jackson said she had to begin to understand grace for herself, and then she was much more able to give it to her kids. Be encouraged that we can offer ourselves grace as parents and know that it is not too late to build strong relationships with our kids. You can be reminded of the four tried and true keys to handling any behavioral issues with love, truth, and authority in Jim and Lynn's book, Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart. They say that the way we deal or don't deal with our kids' misbehavior shapes their beliefs about themselves, the world, and God. You'll find this brilliant resource on our website at safamily.co.za. Or give us a call on 031-716-3300. And while you're online, please take a moment to have a look at all we have available under the Parenting tab. There are hundreds of articles, broadcasts, resources, video series, and even our parenting assessment, which I really encourage you to take. That's all at safamily.co.za. Please do join us for the conclusion of our program tomorrow. I'm Alison Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you back then when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.